Father, Lord, in the name of your son, Christ Jesus, Lord, we ask for your mercy at this time. We ask that you shine your light upon us and that you give us a moment of favor. Let us sit in your courtyards. Let us listen in your counsel. Let us sit at your feet and learn from you. Father, we pray against the spirit of the enemy, which is constantly trying to dilute what you're saying to us. We are your children, but we are still to our sinful nature subjected to influence from the outside world. And so we pray that your most holiness, my God, may cover over us, that the blood of Jesus may intercede for us and justify us, my Lord. And may that wall of hostility that was removed by his death, burial, and resurrection be realized in our mortal body so that we are able, my God, to be an instance of Christ in this dying world. Pray for forgiveness of sin. We pray, Father, wherever we have deprioritized your efforts, my Lord, in our life accidentally, intentionally, or out of faithlessness or fear, that you'd forgive us of those moments, my God, and let that let the past be the past. And maybe be able to press on to the future, maybe be able to press on to the glory, to love as you've loved, to lead as you would lead, to walk as you would walk, and to set the example your son set upon this earth. We pray for your blessing. We pray for your, your maturation of our hearts. We pray for your love. We pray for that deeper level of intimacy with you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And the body of Christ says, can we get an amen again in the house? of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Saints, the word that the Lord gave me today is a word for your husband. It's a word for your wife. It's a word for your children. It's a word for your neighbors. It's a word that you have to live. And for a large part of it, our deliverance, our joy, our absence of joy, all the different dynamics of our life, move and shake based on this one reality. I'm going to read a series of scriptures, and I'm, I'm, we're going to tie them in to the message that the Lord prophetically gave me this morning, and I pray that everybody will be able to get the sense of it. And if you look in Matthew chapter 13, when Christ was explaining the parable of the sower, this is what he said. He said, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. This is Matthew 13, verse 18. It says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed that is sown along the path. Now, for us, a lot of us say, well, I'm not that kind of a hearer. That part of the parable of the soul doesn't apply to me. But the word of the Lord is that this parable and this part of the parable applies to all of us. That there are still some areas of our heart in which we don't completely understand the kingdom. And wherever those areas are in our heart where we don't completely understand the kingdom, the enemy does come and steal away that which is sown in our heart. How many of us have heard a word and that word moved our spirit, but not too long after we heard that word, we kind of seemed to drag back to the previous place we were in. And perhaps every so often, seasonally, we hear another word that awakens some aspect, that, that same aspect of our being. But after a little while, we kind of drift back to the person we were before. And in that particular area where that's happening, that's an area of our heart that's hard. And that's an area where the enemy is stealing the word because our heart in that particular area is like one along the path the hard-hearted, 
hearer. And so the message of the kingdom, to understand it. And so the word of the Lord is simply this. The kingdom is for you, but it's not about you. Oh, santo, glory to God. I want you to hear that carefully. The kingdom is for you, meaning when God, God doesn't need a kingdom. He built the kingdom out of his love to share the joy and the glory. The son himself also doesn't need a kingdom because he is complete with when one with the father. But the kingdom was actually made to share the glory and the majesty of God with us. So while the kingdom is not about us, the kingdom is for us. Now, in our adolescency, we can often act like, because we all know the word, right? We know the kingdom is not about us. It's about Jesus, right? Everybody know that song, right? It's not about us. It's about Jesus. We know that verbally, but do we live that? spiritually on a moment-to-moment, day-to-day basis, understanding that the kingdom is for us, but it's not about us. See, there's a maturation that needs to take place where we die to ourselves and we live only for the kingdom. In fact, the most, the, 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 the greatest level of maturity is when your whole substance of being is kingdom-centered, and you have completely died to self. And we know that none of us have obtained that. The only one that walked in that on the earth was Jesus, who set the example. And what example did he set? And how apt, right? Because we're in this 40 days in the wilderness, right? Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew. And we'll start in chapter 3. We're going to start in the 13th verse. And it said, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented, and as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up and out of the water. And at that moment, Heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, and the tempter came to him. And said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He wouldn't feed himself. The kingdom was for him, but it wasn't about him. And so what the devil tempted him with was for him to embrace his natural self, and cater to himself instead of live for the kingdom. So then the devil took him to a holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift up their hands 
so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. But Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. He wasn't going to manifest a miracle just for his own personal benefit. The kingdom was for him. But as Jesus, the kingdom was not about him. Now, I want you to understand this because I know a lot of us, we love Jesus and we don't want to ever hear anything said about Jesus that's not right. So some of your hearts might have been pricked. What do you mean the kingdom's not about him? As Jesus, the kingdom was not about him. He came to die to be a ransom sacrifice. As the son of God, the kingdom is about him because all things were made by him and through him and for him. And nothing was made that wasn't made by him or through him or for him. But as Jesus setting the example for us, the kingdom was not about him. So he was not going to throw himself down so the angels could help him. He wasn't going to turn stones into bread just so he could eat. The kingdom was for him, but the kingdom was not about him. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him at the, all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you. Listen, if you will bow down and worship me, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him. Angels came. Okay. Now, it says, when all this was finished, Jesus immediately begins his ministry. Now, some of you might say, well, I'm not a leader, so I don't really have a ministry. Not true. The minute you became a disciple, you immediately became a member of the kingdom. And the minute you became a member of the kingdom, immediately you had you became a minister. I'm not talking about an ordained minister in the governance of a body. I'm talking about a minister of the righteousness, of the glory of a kingdom. Hallelujah. Mothers, your children are your ministry. Wives. Your husband is your ministry. Husbands, your wife is your ministry. Husband, your children are your ministry. At a minimum. And then you're a testifier to the world. So then your neighbors now become your ministry. And your co-workers become your ministry. And your peers in school become your ministry. And your brothers and sisters become your ministry. And your mother and father become your ministry, and your cousins, and your uncles, and your aunts, and your nieces, and your nephews. They all become your ministry. You see, we desperately desire the salvation of family members and people we associate with, but we don't understand sometimes that the truth of it is we have to die to ourselves and become all about the kingdom. Now, there's a fire that goes along with that. There's a fire that goes along with that. There's a conviction that goes along with that. There's a testimony that goes along with that. There's a purpose that goes along with that. There's a mission that goes along with that. And that mission 
needs to be ignited by fire for those who joined us late and for those on the recording you didn't share with us the meditation and the worship experience and we during the meditation the worship experience we were listening to tasha cobb's break every chain and we were listening to fill me up and overflow if you listen to those songs i'm not talking about listening to them from a, an aesthetic perspective i'm talking about listening to them in the spirit there's some things that she talks about in there that are kingdom things fill me up lord and help me to overflow until i win my kids that's i, I mean i gotta push into the glory of the kingdom till I win my kids, till I, till I win my spouse, till, till I win my neighbors. I have to keep improving and growing in the kingdom because it's for me, but it's not about me. And there's, 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 there's a liberty. There's a liberty that comes with dying because see a person who comes to represent themselves might not be trustworthy because they're self-serving, but a person who comes to represent another, this is a person that can be trusted because this person is now not self-serving. The kingdom, to understand the kingdom, you need to understand that it's for you, but not about you. You're on assignment. That assignment needs fire of the Holy Spirit to be maintained so that you can win the winnable. You're on assignment in the spirit realm. Come on now, come on. You're on an assignment in the spirit realm. And oftentimes we get defocused from that assignment and we get focused on other things and we forget the assignment. But the testimony that Jesus left was to walk as he walked and to walk with the fire of that assignment. And that's what you need to do. If you really want to win your spouse, if you really want to win your cousins and your uncles and your aunts and your best friends and your family members, your children, your neighbors and the community, it doesn't start with the verbal preaching work, though the verbal preaching work is essential because who can receive unless they hear and who can and how can they hear unless someone is sent to them to preach? But it's in an inner condition of your inner being, accepting the assignment of not only being in a kingdom heir, because everybody wants to be the kingdom heir, right? But to be a kingdom worker, one who dies to themselves for the greater glory of the kingdom. Now, when you understand this, then pearls of wisdom can't be stolen from you because you have that laser focus. I can't get caught up in that because that's not a kingdom effort. And I can't be involved in anything that's not a kingdom effort. So if I go to a family function, I go to the family function. And while everybody's there enjoying the food, and I probably will enjoy the food too because I'm going to eat there. That's not why I'm there. While everybody's there because they haven't seen Aunt Susie and, 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 and Aunt Betsy in a while, and I'm going to get to see Aunt Susie and Aunt Betsy, and that's going to move my heart too, but that's not why I'm there. When I go to that PTA meeting, 
Most people are going there because they need to know what's going on with the kids and want to see how they can improve the overall circumstances of their development. And I'm going to be there also for the purpose of those things too. But that's not actually the primary reason why I'm there. Do, do, do we see this? There's a fire that needs to burn inside each and every one of our souls about assignment. And the assignment is doable in every aspect of your life. It's doable in your marriage. It's doable in your, with your kids. It's doable on your job. Seizing every opportunity to advance the kingdom. Do, you, do we understand? He says, those who hear the message of the kingdom but don't understand it, the enemy robs them. How many times have we burned with the fire of the kingdom? And then something quenches that fire. How many times have we been on assignment and then get distracted from the assignment? Did that ever happen to Jesus? No, because he completely understood the message of the kingdom. How well do we understand the message of the kingdom? How important is it for us to keep the message of the kingdom first and front and foremost in our actions, in our thoughts, in our ways? I challenge you under the anointing of the Holy Spirit right now to put the Lord to the test in this area and see how good he is. To be a kingdom heir, to walk in ambassador status, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I challenge you to make that your effort. And wherever you might slip, that you immediately, as soon as you catch that slip, pray a prayer of repentance and get back to that effort. And keep in the front of your mind, I'm on assignment. Jesus, as soon as he came out of the baptismal waters, immediately went into the wilderness to get ready for his assignment. We're in this 40 days in the wilderness to get ready for an assignment. I'm not saying you got to wait till the end of the 40 days to be ready for the assignment. This is a symbolic movement of a divine consciousness for the purpose of an elevation in your intimacy with God. But what needs to be ignited in your spirit right now is that you are on assignment. You're on assignment when you're disciplining your kids. You're on assignment when you're talking to your wife. You're on assignment when you're in that job, in that workplace. You're on assignment when you're in the schoolhouse. You're on, a, you're on assignment when you're going to wash your clothes in the laundromat. You're on assignment. I'll share this last piece with you. I don't know how many of you have ever seen the movie Schindler's List. Mr. Schindler was a man who helped rescue Jew, Jews from the gas chamber by employing them in his factories. And of course, because he was employing Jews in his factories, and I guess other factories were employing uh, Germans. So of course, obviously the Germans were expecting a certain wage while the Jews were just happy to escape the gas chamber. So obviously he was able to make goods and get them sold at reasonable prices. And so he was running his business and was doing quite successfully. And he felt good about himself because he was saving some Jews. But at the end, when then the, the allied forces finally overthrew Nazi Germany, he was there lamenting over how he didn't really focus on the true assignment, saving lives, and how he had allowed himself to embrace the luxury of his opportunity. And he started thinking, I can't believe I bought this big fancy car. If I had 
not bought this big fancy car. I could have bought more Jews and put them in the factory and saved their lives. And he's there lamenting about how he squandered his position instead of being about the true mission. He was kind of about the mission because he did save some Jews, right? But it was kind of not about the mission because he was lug he was he was he was sitting in this lap of luxury, thinking he was so much better. But when the veil was lifted over Nazi Germany, when the veil of its evil was lifted, his mindset changed. And all the Jews that he had saved are standing around watching him crying and talking about all the things he could have done more to save more. And they were like, you better get in your car and get out of here. The allied troops will be here any minute now. And if they find you, they'll lock you up like they locked up the rest of the Nazis. And so that's kind of symbolic of this world. This world is Nazi Germany. And we are Mr. Schindler. When the veil is lifted off this world, will you wish you had shared your faith more with more people? Will you wish that you had given a greater testimony about the glory of God? Do you, will you have wished that instead of seeking the enjoyment of your life, that you had put more effort into the kingdom? Father, Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your special name among men, my God. We ask that you touch each and every heart, my Lord, not just in this time of intercession, because in this time of interaction and intercession, it's easy to keep the focus. I pray for when this time of interaction intercession is over and we're in our own time away from this moment that we will remember, keep our focus as ambassadors of the kingdom. May we come out of the wilderness beginning our ministry, preach, to teach, and to bring the glory of God to all who would receive it. I pray these things, Father God, without excuse. I pray these things, my God, without shame, that we might be able to accomplish what you have set us out to do, seek and save the lost, and be the salt of the earth. Wherever we failed in this area, my God, I pray for forgiveness. Wherever, my God, we have had any success in this area, I pray for brokenness and humility so that we can do an even greater job. Father God, even after we've done everything that we ought to have done, we sit on our beds, Lord, with our heads bowed in prayer and say, what I've done is what I have ought to have done. I am nothing but a good for nothing servant. And for that, may our faith be increased. And for that, may your glory shine over us till the fullness of the kingdom is here. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the body of Christ says, can we get an amen in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Praise God, saints. Have a great morning. Enjoy the rest of your day. You also.